Yesterday, Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels targeted Israeli vessels in the Red Sea. They hit a UK ship as well as targeted the USS Kearney. The USS Kearney responded appropriately, downing a drone and taking other defensive measures. Could this be the start of a escalation in this war with more countries getting involved? Also, you might have seen that Elon Musk visited Israel. That's a comment that he made during a TED Talk in 2017. Really detailed the main purpose of his visit, or was it about trying to save sponsors? And the fear machine is back at it again. The white lung syndrome coming out of China is now spreading across the globe, and there's many people that want you to be afraid. I'm telling you, please do not be. We're going to look through why you should relax and understand it is simply the global machine trying to get you all riled up once again. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, make sure you go over to americaoutloud.news, where you can check out all of my colleagues' work with people putting America first, as well as you can download the app or listen online, the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Simply type that America Out Loud Talk Radio into your favorite app device, whether that's Android or an iPhone with the Apple App Store, whatever that favorite that you have may be, type it in and you can download that and get access to it right on your mobile device or whenever you're traveling. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to start off the show by thanking you. I've been looking and you've helped make this show a success. Uh, It's one of the top rated shows in the country. People are tuning in, becoming part of the bold American family. And for that, I appreciate you. Just want to remind everybody, I am 100% independent. I receive no paycheck for this. I rely on the support of the listeners like you. So if you'd like to support me, you can go over to buymeacoffee.com backslash Bold America. And just wanted to thank GDW for a very uh, special donation last week at the end of the week. I see you and I want to make sure that I thank both you as well as all the other uh, bold Americans that are going over there to help support the show. Let's get straight into it. You heard me say at the top of the show that we have an escalation in the Red Sea as the Yemeni Houthi forces decided to attack what they thought were Israeli vessels, according to them, in the Gaza uh, Sea. However, things did not go nearly as planned for them because the United States USS Kearney ended up responding rather quickly uh, with rockets going off uh, apparently 35 nautical miles off Yemen's western coast. There was a distress call that was related to a missile attack from a UK-based company. And that's caused the USS uh, Kearney, as well as Britain's Royal Navy, to start responding and downing drones and returning with fire. 
Now, there has been no additional information outside of uh, they did not know the first ship that was struck, whether or not there was any damage they were trying to get as of me recording this. Uh, some information on that, but the USS Kearney was not harmed. They were able to intercept the drone before any uh, negative rocket attacks were able to reach it. And so the United States military is safe. They responded with de-escalation measures by going on the defensive and returning fire. Is this a moment where things are starting to escalate for the United States? And what does that mean for the United States and our role in Israel and the conflict? Well, if you listen to my show, you probably have heard me talk before about, I wish that the United States would kind of mind our own business more often, which labels you when you talk about this as an isolationist. I am not an isolationist whatsoever. And so I wanted to talk about those terms as we think about what side do we want to be on as we head towards a more global conflict, possibly with the United States needing to take measures and actions with their Navy. I am what I would call a non-interventionist unless military force is absolutely needed. Now, a non-interventionalist would have done exactly what the USS Kearney did just a few uh, hours ago back on Sunday. They would respond by downing the drone that possessed a immediate threat to them. And if there was other defensive measures in order to take, they would take them. If you have to go onto the offensive to discourage the... Uh, attack against your own forces, then absolutely. I believe that that is warranted. That is not what people paint non-interventionist as. People paint non-interventionist as people that don't believe that the military should be used. That's not what I would ever advocate for. Uh, I believe that our military is very important in order to protect our republic. So therefore, we have to have a strong military. However, non-interventionism simply means that we watch what our political and military involvements are in other countries. A non-interventionalist does not believe that we need to be the world's police going around putting military bases all over the rest of the earth. It means that we should have a strong American border. It means that we should take care of our own people first, that when our veterans come home, they shouldn't be found homeless and on the streets. It means that the homeless that we have here, we should find ways to take care of instead of completely putting more into the military industrial complex to bomb other people while ignoring the fact that we have people living in poverty, people addicted to drugs in San Francisco wandering around like zombies. A non-interventionist strategy simply means we stop the foreign policy of intervening in non-democratic type of countries and we return to the traditional United States foreign policy of non-interventionism that basically you start nothing, you get nothing in return from us. That was the founders' foreign policy that we wanted to be a doctrine of non-intervention where we were the Americans first and don't come here, don't mess with us. However, I understand the world has changed a bit. And Calvin Coolidge, he actually gave a great warning. Uh, he was following the progressivism of Woodrow Wilson. And in 1925, when Calvin Coolidge took uh, office, he said, it will, be, it, it will be well not to be too much disturbed by the thought of either isolation or entanglement of pacifist and militarist. Instead, Coolidge advised America should maintain such a military force as comports with the dignity and security of a great people. 
I believe that what Calvin Coolidge was saying was exactly correct. That we should not all be ultra-pacifist and ignore the fact that there are threats that could be both foreign and domestic here in the United States, as well as we should not ignore the fact that there are militarists, both foreign and domestic, that could bring us both into battle or battle here on our fronts. And so we need to have the dignity and security of a great people. Does the dignity and security of a great people mean that we go over to other countries and we impart our beliefs and our values and our culture on them? That I don't believe. I believe right now we should be further uh, trying to take care of our culture here at home because God knows it is broken. It is not something that is well put together. We are hurting as a people at times. And depending where you go in this country depends on how united or how divided they may be. Now, Ron Paul, Ron Paul back in 2008, he talked about the September 11th uh, attacks. And on stage, he was booed at the time, but let me tell you, his words have seemed to grow with, with gusto and might since then because people understand what blowback is. Ron Paul was one of the first people that said, they don't hate us because we're free. They hate us because we've been entangled in their foreign affairs, bombing them indiscriminately and affecting their elections. How would we feel, Ron Paul said, if China were to come here and put their military on our ground and start doing the same to us? We wouldn't like it. And so he was aiming back then in 2008 and again in 2012 and trying the people, trying to teach people what non-interventionism is. He got labeled an isolationist. Now we cannot be an isolationist in 2023, right? We can't do that because if we ever became an isolationist, we rely on the world's economy. We rely on global trade. We rely on the global resources at this point in time, which is why I understand why we're still over with Israel, because it really is about global resources. Don't believe me? Look what's just off the coast of Gaza. Look at the oil fields all along the Mediterranean. Yes, that's correct. This is likely another Halliburton situation, Afghanistan, all the way through back into Iraq, running the oil game and needing Israel to play into all of this. This is not all about Zionism. No, no, no. This is about the world's resources. And so maybe you could make a case there that we cannot be an isolationist if you believe that that is a resource that we need. And I talked with Brian Fry on the show before, probably get him back as well about how important the oil really is in the Middle East. And there's probably a lot more to it as to why we're there when you look at it through there. But why is it that non-interventionalism and isolationist, uh, the isolationism of uh, isolationist is the word I'm looking for, why is it they come under attack? Well, you can look at places like the Heritage Foundation. The Heritage Foundation, they had uh, Marion Smith. He wrote a hit piece a while back, back in 2011, where he says that people were confused about America's proper role in the moment. And he tried to get people to take isolationism and non-interventionism and give it a meaning where it was both a threat to our republic. I would say, Marion Smith, you are wrong. It was a hit piece that no one asked for uh, simply because back in 2011, Ron Paul was getting this out there and people were worried that the Tea Party and that movement would start to weaken the other side, the war machines argument. All right, so 
Uh, yes, I would say that where I agree with Marion is I agree on his uh, talk about Calvin Coolidge, but I believe that he also misunderstood Calvin Coolidge's words in the way that he used it. I don't believe that Calvin Coolidge thought that a return to isolation was naive and dangerous. No, Calvin Coolidge was talking about non-interventionism. And in the midst of yet this escalation in the Red Sea, I would say that's a very important thing for us to talk about. Now, maybe you paid attention last week. X came under fire because they're losing, X is formerly known as Twitter, they're losing sponsors left and right right now. Uh, the list of people who have pulled advertising from there added on to Disney just recently, which has caused people to start uh, taking their money out of the companies that have taken their ads off of Elon Musk X. Walmart is the most recent to join that uh, list that is getting much larger by the day. All right, this is starting to get to the point where I believe they're trying to bankrupt Elon Musk. And you might've even seen there was the video where Elon Musk said that everybody can go F themselves because he was not going to be bribed. And they asked him if that's what he meant on CNBC. And he said, absolutely, they can go F themselves. And they refer the respond. They said, well, what do you mean, Elon? Uh, and I'm not playing that audio because I'm trying to keep it censored uh, for the clean rating I have on my show. Uh, but they said, what do you mean, Elon? He goes, well, look, if they pull the money, eventually Earth will decide how to handle that, that they will bankrupt the company and X will be no longer. It will kill the company. That, I thought that was interesting as a man who spent 44 million until I, 44 billion, not 44 million, a man who spent 44 billion until I thought to myself, Elon Musk borrowed money in order to uh, get the money for Twitter. Who did he borrow that money from? And does that not possibly uh, cause Elon Musk to hurt other companies? Like, I believe $1 billion came from SpaceX in a loan. So doesn't that hurt SpaceX? Well, guess what? You can't hurt SpaceX because SpaceX gets funding from the government. That's right. So he was pretty smart in how he did this. So all these people are like, oh, you know, uh, Elon, he spent all this money. Why would he do this? Because he did not use just his money for the $44 billion. He used other people's money as well. In fact, he used what's called a leveraged buyout and he spent about $13 billion of borrowed money for that acquisition, one billion of which was SpaceX. So who are these advertisers truly hurting? Well, you would have to get the list of where he got the money from, which I do not have, and I started to look up, and I will continue to see if I can research that and get a list for you, because that, I think, is the, the larger story within all this. Where did the money come from, the other $12 billion? Who ended up financing that at the end of the day? Because should all these firms start going back out, that's who would really be uh, hurt. What I found when I did a quick search, all right, was Bank of America was tied to, was X, that Barclays was tied, BNP Paribas, Mizuhu had $3 billion secured bridge loans, Morgan Stanley, MUFG, and Society Generale. All right. Now I have to do a little bit of a deep dive into all of them because they all break down into some other uh, companies. One was Binance, which was a cryptocurrency firm you might have heard me talk about before. But another one that I thought was interesting was Saudi Arabian investor Prince Alawalid bin Talal. He's a Twitter investor as well. And so we'll have to get through this. The Boring Company also was there, which is going to get into 
why I'm talking about this in the first part place. All right. The boring company is part of the money that helped fund Twitter with people that are now stating that, well, we're going to boycott Twitter because they're advertisement dollars. They're anti-Semitic. Elon Musk, he's, he's a jerk is what people are saying. He has all these conspiracy theories. This free speech is ruining, ruining the world. And so IBM, Apple, Disney Plus, Lionsgate, Paramount, Comcast, Warner Brothers, Walmart, they've all pulled their advertising dollars from X and Twitter. So Elon goes over to Israel last week and he meets with Netanyahu and he walks around with the military to see the places in the October 7th attack by Hamas against Israel. And uh, he starts taking in all the sites. They show where people were murdered in their homes, where they were attacked. And Elon comes out of it being like, hey, guys, you know, there's uh, really horrible things that happen here. No one can say I'm anti-Semitic now. Look, I'm actually over here. Well, Elon... I don't think that's why you were really over there. I don't think it's about advertising dollars. I think that when you said what you said on CNBC stage, you were absolutely telling the truth. You don't care, but you were in Israel for a very important reason. The reason why you're there is because you know more about tunnels than anybody else. You know more about tunnels than the people that won't give the information about tunnels. And you're also acutely aware that Israel would love to know where Hamas's 300 miles of underground tunnels are. And so when we come back after the break, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to play for you a clip. In 2017, during a TED Talk, a comment that Elon Musk made is the real reason why he was in Israel last week. You're not going to want to miss it, ladies and gentlemen. We got to hit a quick word from our sponsors. Go over to AmericaOutloud.store. Uh, you hear all these great companies that are advertising here. They help the network bring all these varied America First voices directly to you. And we are appreciative of them. So please go help and support them so they can support the network. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show. We're continuing on into the deep dive about Elon Musk being in Israel just last week. Everybody thought it was because he was losing all these advertising dollars on Twitter. I don't believe that's the case whatsoever. He's there because he has a lot of information. You may not know the full background of The Boring Company or Elon Musk, but Elon Musk had an interview on a TED Talk way back April of 2017. And when you hear the words that Elon Musk states, you will be shocked. But not just that, but I I would advise you to go listen to the entire 42-minute long interview because there's many other little details that Elon starts revealing that you realize that he has a ton of information for the intelligence community, which is why I believe Elon took the trip to Israel, had nothing to do with advertising dollars. It certainly didn't hurt him for the advertising dollars, but I believe that Israel wanted information and help. And the reason being is the boring company, which has been boring tunnels along Las Vegas and making hyperloop systems where people can travel much faster, currently taking cars, but eventually Elon wants a system of rail or a system where your car would go on and just go to the next stop and would be nonstop movement, getting people much more quickly and efficiently. But Elon, people think that this was like this big innovative company. Elon was very explicit back in 2017 of stating that it was a hobby and it only took up about two to 3% of his time. And it really was like hiring interns that he didn't even need a full-time staff and that the equipment was purchased secondhand, meaning the boring company did not create any of these techniques. They simply became a company with a vision of the way Elon Musk wanted the bore tunnels. Now, why is that important? Well, We know, or you should know, that Hamas has over 300 miles of tunnels at this point in time. And there are many companies. There's the Boring Company, Near Earth Autonomy Company, the Innovative Scientific Solutions, the Scientific Systems Company, the Polaris Sensor Technology Company, Sonex Health Private Company, ATA Engineering, Linear Labs. They are all the top tunnel boring companies, and I could continue on with many, many more. Now, The first to bore hard rock tunnels and to do this was all the way back in 1851 with the Wilson patent stone cutting machine. This could get an eight meter in diameter in solid granite uh, circumferential ring. And then after they would advance down into the rock, they would remove the machine. Miners would blast it from the inside and they would begin again. The new boring machines now, they will actually pull the rock out as they go, and it's much faster than that. But here's what what really kind of piqued my interest when Elon made this comment 
during this TED Talk in 2017. I want to thank my listener for sending me this clip. Um, I'm kind of connecting the dots myself from what they sent to me. But I want to thank them for saying this just because I thought they knew I'd find it interesting. But I'm starting to read into this just a little bit more, and perhaps they were as well. Here's Elon's words. And keep in mind, this is 2017, five years before this conflict. Again, April 2017. Here he is. Like if you were to do something like um, a DC to New York uh, Hyperloop, I think you'd probably want to go underground the entire way because it's a high-density area. It does, you're going, you're going um, under a lot of buildings and houses. And if you go deep enough, you cannot detect the tunnel. Um, this is, sometimes people think, well, it's going to be pretty annoying to have a tunnel dug under my house. Like if that tunnel is dug more than about three or four tunnel diameters beneath your house, you will not be able to detect it being dug at all. Um, in, fa in fact, like the, um, if, you, if you're able to detect the tunnel being, being dug, you, whatever device you're using, you can get a lot of money for that device from the Israeli military, who's trying to detect tunnels from Hamas, um, <laughs> and uh, from the US uh, Customs and Border Patrol that trying to detect drug tunnels. Very interesting. In 2017, Elon Musk was acutely aware that his company, The Boring Company, could also uh, possibly earn money should it be able to be detected from Israeli government based upon Hamas tunnels. And now here in 2023, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Hamas tunnels. So what's the odds that Elon Musk might have the technology to discover when there is type of boring or that Elon Musk might have the intelligence and the information on who has helped on these tunnels because he is intimately involved now in the acquisition of that type of market. And then how popular are tunnels just in the world? I mean, I was pretty shocked to, to hear his claim that if you bore 36 feet to 40 feet underneath a residential home or any type of building that the people above would have absolutely no clue that there was boring going on. They would not know that there was an underground tunnel being dug, which means right underneath your home from DC to New York city. If they wanted to build a hyperloop and maybe they already are, they could be working on this and going underneath people's homes without anyone having a clue what was happening underneath them. And that led me down a bit of a rabbit hole because then I wanted to know what type of tunnels are already out there. Do we have uh, tunnels at this point in time throughout the country in the United States? And what I discovered is underground tunnels exist absolutely everywhere. In fact, it goes back uh, almost uh, millions of years to seeing that tunnels have been carved out in some way, shape, or form, which that should tell you a little bit about our society as well, and maybe the ancient history, things that we may not know. Sure, some of those are bore out through magma and water and being uh, kind of cleared along the way. But let's find out some of the hidden things in our own country. Are you aware that in Kansas City, there's a subtropolis business complex that's right. There's a subtropolis underneath Kansas City, which has 55 million square feet of an artificial cave, 160 feet beneath the surface that has seven miles of paved roads. And the temperature is always 65 to 70 degrees. Hmm. 
In addition to that, more than 1,600 people take this to work from recording storage and e-commerce to food distribution and retail manufacturing underneath Kansas City, where you have major buildings above you. Or are you aware that there are catacombs in Indianapolis? That's right. There is a city market that has thousands of people that visit every single day. But underneath there, there's catacombs with dirt floors and brick columns that form the basement of what was called Tomlinson Hall, constructed all the way back in 1880 and burned down in 1950. But the basement remains in place, just built over top. And it's now available for parties, events, and tours. Maybe you're not aware that in Seattle, there's an entire underground city that goes all the way back from a fire that wiped out a city with a new city that rose above it 22 feet higher. And so they were operating underground until 1907 when the city eventually condemned it and abandoned it. And then in the 1950s, they reopened this underground city in Seattle for tours. Maybe you live in Texas. Are you aware of the Dallas underground tunnels, the shops and their restaurants that are there? Perhaps you are, perhaps you're not. It's a great way to beat the heat because once again, when you go down below, you have cooler air. Today, there's still shops and restaurants in there, but some of the tunnels have been closed. You also have the Los Angeles Prohibition Tunnels. Right, We have during the age of prohibition where you couldn't have alcohol, you couldn't make, sell, or consume it, that people would go underground to speakeasies. And so they would go through. And so Los Angeles has that. Under the Colorado State Capitol, there are secret tunnels as well, or not so secret since people know about them. But that's not the only place in Colorado. Perhaps you're not aware of the underground digging and boring that's happened underneath the Denver International Airport or the fact that there are tunnels that go on for miles that people have no idea, you know, average people like you and I, where they go to, which has led to conspiracy theories about why are they still doing this? Why was this airport much more expensive? And then how about a seven-mile tunnel underneath Houston, right? That was 80 years ago. They wanted to connect two buildings and now goes seven miles underground in downtown where they went underneath buildings, meaning... It didn't take Elon Musk and the Boring Company to get this concept that you can go underneath these buildings. There's plenty going on, secret infrastructures. And everybody knows about New York City, the subway system going all the way through underneath different city buildings, right? Uh, that's been happening for a long time. There's 840 miles of subway tracks going through 472 stations, and some of them are up to 800 feet deep. That's right. Some of the subway tunnels in underground Manhattan go down 800 feet. We have the water mains, the utilities that go along that. And then we also have mail tubes that were built back in 1897. They were about four feet deep. They were used to take letters between different post offices up until the 1950s. And there was a ship that was 15 feet under that dates back to the 1600s that they found. All right, so there are tunnels literally everywhere. And perhaps there is one underneath your own home. The drug cartels, they're using this machinery from all of these different companies. They've been around for a long time. There's a very large company that builds boring machines called Heronetch. 
It's a German company that manufactures them that's located in Baden-Württemberg. And it's the worldwide market leader for all heavy tunnel boring machines. So with that all stated, what's the say that Elon Musk isn't over telling Natahanyu about, hey, I know how you build these type of tunnels. Here's the best way to attack the tunnels. Here's where they may be based upon contracts and what I see. Here's the information that I have via Twitter, because you don't believe that he has massive treasure troves amount of information. I keep telling people this. No one listens to me. And so I think Elon Musk has a much larger role to play in the intelligence community. Much larger. I think he's a major player. When people are like, well, what does Elon Musk have to do with going over there? Look, it's just this goodwill trip. I don't believe it. It's much, much more important. Now, the final part of today's show is uh, not going to last long because I just want to tell people the fear machine, it's ramping up once again. They're trying to get you almost in the exact same timeline of 2019 going into 2020, where everybody's afraid of this mystery virus that's going on in China. I've been telling people for weeks, relax. It's called walking pneumonia. And we're also seeing that it's mycoplasma pneumonia. And there is no need to panic because they know how to treat this. It's already out there. In fact, our own Dr. Peter McCullough on December 1st put out his own uh, tweet about it and did a show about it. So I was glad to see that I was joined in my call from November by him to say, hey, we're okay. Now, what's really interesting about what Peter McCullough was able to find out, mycoplasma pneumonia is a known vaccine reaction. Yes, you can go straight to the literature and you can see that if you are getting this mRNA vaccine, that one of the things that you are exposing yourself to is the possibility of mycoplasma pneumonia. It's directly in the literature for BioNTech. And so I just wanted to point that out to individuals. So as all these people are going, it's spreading all throughout the United States. Look at all the children that are getting sick. It's a known virus. It's not a new virus. And it's not a true danger to you. Relax. Don't give in to the fear. We've been through this before. All of us together. Hopefully you paid attention to how they weaponize social media, your family, and your friends against you. So that way you don't fall for it again. I mean that. I mean, if there's people that are start dropping dead left and right, right, from some mystery illness, absolutely. Pay attention, use a critical mind, and find out what's going on. That's not what's going on here. Yes, people are getting walking pneumonia, and it's being linked in China as well to possibly having something to do with the fact that they locked down for so long, and children's immune systems are not as strong as they were. Where am I getting that information from? You may want to know. Well, it's a very approved source for many people that would like to criticize. When I talk about this, I'm getting my information from the WHO, the World Health Organization. All right. So everything that I'm sharing is coming directly from the World Health Organization, the CDC, and it's being run through by everybody else like Dr. Peter McCullough. We're okay. Do not let white lung all of a sudden get you into a tizzy. Yes, you may get sick. Getting sick is part of life. We all get sick from time to time. You have a beautiful thing. It's called an immune system. Take care of it. Take your multivitamins. Take your quercetin for inflammation, turmeric, uh, curcumin. All those things are excellent for that. Bromelain helps uh, get damage out of your system. Uh, take something like shilajit. 
Shilajit has the ability to uh, have all these different minerals in it, and it's a superfood. A lot of people are unaware of that. And there's plenty of places where you can get that from as well. I'm not going to support any of them explicitly because I do have one that uh, I personally have a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, kind of an affiliation with. I'm an affiliate with somebody who uh, does uh, Shilajit. I'm not going to say it today because I care more about you learning about it and finding out information for yourself than promoting that. So I'm just telling you, look this stuff up, keep yourself healthy, load up on your zinc, your vitamin D, and you're going to get through this. I promise you, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to be back on Wednesday with another show for everybody. Make sure you share this one far and wide. Thank you so much for helping to build this show up to what it is. You guys are all my bold American family, and I'm grateful that you're coming in and listening. As always, my door is always open. You can reach out to me at any time, greg at americaemboldened.com. You want to see a guest? You have a thought about somebody that I hosted? I'm here for it. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see in the future, questions that you want asked of certain individuals. I'm happy to do it. I'm here for you, as well as uh, Twitter, at RealGregBolden. If you're on X Twitter, make sure you're adding me over there where you can reach me at any time. My DMs are absolutely open for you. And I'm going to start a new segment. I'm going to start a segment. As you start to contact me, I get messages from time to time, but I'd never really make them public on air. Uh, I don't have to say your name. Uh, but I'm going to start sharing the mail that I get and answering some of your questions that I normally just directly respond to. I'm going to do it live on the show. Uh, so you're going to be hearing a segment coming up here soon where I say, all right, now questions from bold Americans, and then we will go and start answering them. So if you'd like to participate in that same way, Greg and American Bolden at real Greg Bolden or anywhere else you can find me. I hope I honored your time well, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll be back on Wednesday to have more broadcasting brilliance. Can't wait for it. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.